Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primaker Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Before we get into today's episode, uh, yet again, we are turning to the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox, primarycarepod at gmail.com, where you can send me any uh, questions, concerns you have, uh, topics you want us to hit up, uh, anything that we can do to help. Before we hit up today's uh, topic, we are going to go for our joke of the day. Uh, Dr. List, what do you get for winning a muscle loss competition? What do you get? For winning a muscle loss competition? The answer? Atrophy. A trophy? Get it? <sighs> okay, start the pod. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod boys, pod girls, pod peoples. It's your friendly neighborino, uh, Dr. Mark List. Uh, we today are talking about uh, a topic that came up here recently in my own practice and did some research on it, dug more into it um, to, to further up, and I thought it'd be a good uh, podcast topic to to kind of talk about. You know, in the past, we've talked about not only metformin, uh, but we've also talked about managing chronic kidney disease in diabetes, and this was kind of a timely episode. I actually had a patient who, you know, I had on standard oral diabetic medications, metformin, uh, one of the glyphosins, and not to be prejudiced, I won't say which one, but uh, hint, it starts with a DAPA. And anyways, so as this patient was hospitalized, in uh, in some of the workup, you know, his creatinine bumped a little bit, which is pretty standard for old people with diabetes, um, and they get a little dehydrated. Um, He had, uh, had a fall at home, and so in the process, his metformin was held, and on discharge, hospitalists, you know, in the discharge summary said, you know, metformin was held, consider holding due to chronic kidney disease and elevated creatinine levels. And honestly, this guy's baseline was like 1.5, 1.6, but his GFR actually uh, remained above 30. It had always remained above 30, even during this kind of bump in his AKI, um, or what they ca- they called an AKI during the hospitalization, um, or ARF if you're an acute renal failure person. Um, but when they when it bumped, they had stopped him and they said, oh, well, consider removing it permanently. And that kind of got me to thinking, right? So uh, I've had attendings in residency. Uh, I've had, you know, lectures on chronic kidney disease and metformin. And when you get past a certain level, you know, people talk about holding metformin because of the risk increasing of metabolic, uh, sorry, lactic acidosis, right? Metformin-associated lactic acidosis, which is quite serious and has and has a really dramatic um, uh, complication rates, high rates of morbidity and mortality um, compared to just standard baseline uh, not being in lactic acidosis, obviously. So when we talk about this, I think it's important to kind of get a baseline of what is the standard of care. And my own personal training on this really depended on what rotation I was on in residency or medical school, what the attending thought. And, and, and you know, I was confused because, you know, in, in retrospect, I've actually never read the actual evidence on metformin in chronic kidney disease and what level is safe, what's unsafe. You know, if you look up kind of Hippocrates, it basically says, okay to use 
Um, you know, FDA says anything above a GFR of 30. If you go on up to date, it's really kind of this expert guideline-based recommendation, um, not really evidence-based, but more of an expert-based. And they talk about how even individual authors, it's very clear if you read the update article on metformin in, in diabetic for diabetic management, and you go on the contraindication section, it's even clear there, there's some debate between different authors on up-to-date, right? About, you know, oh, some some authors in up-to-date don't start uh, metformin if the creatinine is below 40, or if the GFR is below 45. Some do, as long as it's above 30. Some just decrease the dose. And I, I realized as I was looking at this article on up-to-date and reviewing my own personal experiences with different attendings in medical school and residency and different rotations that I don't really, I don't really know the evidence. And so as the nerdy podcast host that you've hopefully come to love and enjoy, I went looking, right? What, what is the evidence, right? And so I want to pull up a couple of articles that, that support it, right? So the article by on Update, if you want to read what I was reading, Metformin in the Treatment of Adults with Type 2 Diabetes Mellitus. And if you go, uh, like I said, go to contraindication section, and it talks about impaired renal function, right? So a GFR less than 30, don't use. The FDA says don't use if it's less than 30. Um, and then they have a big debate about, you know, if it's less than 30, don't prescribe it. If it's greater than 45, they prescribe full dose. If it's 30 to 45, some use half the dose. Some just, you know, increase the frequency of the monitoring, but don't change. Some, uh, you know, basically, and then it depends on, it, or would you start it? Would you lower it? Would you not? And, and so there's, even in there, there's, again, different discussions about different authors on UpToDate have different processes about, you know, how, to, how they use it with IV contrast, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, long story short, there's two articles I want to hit on today just to kind of put this in perspective, right? So in 2014, uh, peritoneal dialysis, um, uh, I don't know what the INT stands for, but this is a uh, basically a journal on uh, oh, there it is, Peri Peritoneal Dialysis International. Ooh, I'm sure you're all prescribed for that. But again, PubMed search on these topics um, led to metformin has traditionally been regarded as contraindicated in chronic kidney disease, with guidelines in recent years being permitted to uh, allow therapy if the GFR is above 30, and that's a relaxation from previous recommendations. The main problem is the perceived risk of lactic acidosis. Epidem epidemiological evidence suggests that this fear is disproportionate to the actual risk. Lactic acidosis is a rare complication of type 2 diabetes with an incidence of only 6 per 100,000 patient years. This risk is not increased in metformin-treated patients compared to non-metformin-treated patients with type 2 diabetes. Metformin possesses a number of clinical effects independent of glucose reduction, including weight loss, which are beneficial to patients. The death in cardiovascular disease reduced by about a third in non-chronic kidney disease patients. Since metformin intoxication undoubtedly causes lactic acidosis, which is, again, why we don't use it, because it is a real risk, it is suggested that introduction of metformin therapy to more advanced stages of CKD may bring therapeutic benefits that outweigh the possible risks. Okay, and this article goes on to talk about some of the epidemiological factors, right? So lactic acidosis, you know, if you have lactate above five millimoles per liter and blood pH of less than 7.35. Anyways, so they go into all these different studies and they look at all these uh, different observational data that shows that, you know, you don't really have that high of an increased risk in, in terms of the general population uh, of metformin users versus non-metformin users and rates of actual metabolic, or sorry, lactic acidosis, metformin-associated lactic acidosis. And I think that's important to note that in practice, this is a pretty, pretty, pretty rare event. 
okay? And which is the entire reason why we stop, we slow down the dose as the, you know, kidneys slow down and the filtration rate goes down, you slow down the dose and even stop the dose. But the evidence to, in, in real practice that this is a concern for most patients is very, very, very weak, that it's not that big of a deal. So that was the epidemiological standpoint, right, about the fact that this, this big, bad boogeyman, this fear of lactic acidosis, which gets us to hold metformin, which is a massive life-saving medication, greatly reduces your risk of morbidity and mortality in patients with chronic kidney disease, or sorry, with type 2 diabetes, just because their kidney function worsens. And these patients then get bumped off, you know, metformin for life, basically, um, as their kidney function slows down. And yet there's really, really good evidence to say that people really benefit staying on metformin as long as possible. Okay, so here's a study, a little more recent study um, in the Journal of Diabetic Care in 2018. The study title is Metformin Treatment in Patients with Type 2 Diabetes and Chronic Kidney Disease Stages 3A, 3B, and Stage 4. Okay, so what stages are those? Uh, for those of you who don't have those memorized, uh, 3A is 60 to 45, okay? And 3B is 45 to 30, right? Which is which are, if you look at that article on UpToDate, where there is some debate about what to do in that, 40, in that 45 to 30, right? That's 3B. And then stage four, which the FDA says we shouldn't even be using, which is 30 to 15, okay? Now, in this study, this was a um, basically a pharmacological study. So this was conducted in a to try to find a safe and effective dose regimen for metformin for patients with moderate to severe chronic kidney diseases, right? Three, four, uh, 3A, 3B, and 4. And basically, this study found that patients, all they had to do, all the providers had to do was lower the dose in, in a stepwise fashion as the creatinine, or sorry, as the GFR went down. And there was no risk in this study of hyperlactamemia, right? So there was no risk of lactic acidosis from metformin with the lowering of the concentration. And what are those concentrations? So they talked about in stage 3A, right? So that's 60 to 45, right? They still used 1.5 milligrams, right? Up to date still says, okay, to use two grams, okay? Uh, and that 1.5 milligrams daily was 0.5 in the morning and then one gram in the evening, right? I don't think it matters if you did one gram in the morning, 5.5 in the evening, I don't think that matters. In stage 3B, right? So in stage 3B, which is 45 to 30, not a single patient got into trouble with having too much lactic acid, with lactic acidosis, right? As long as their dose was 0.5 grams, so 500 milligrams in the morning and 500 milligrams in the evening. So still 1,000 milligrams still did just fine all the way down to GFR of 30. Now, what about in the FDA, right? So the FDA says don't use below 30, a GFR of 30, which I'm still going to agree with. But in this study, they looked at this and people with stage four chronic kidney disease with a GFR of 30 to 15, not a single patient had metabolic acidosis if they lowered the dose of metformin down to 500 milligrams a day, just 500 milligrams a day, right? Could go all the way down to a GFR of 15 and not have a single problem. And this metformin concentration was under this FDA recommended dose of five milligrams per liter, right? So 
I, I'm not. I'm not here advocating. I'm not here advocating to in stage four chronic kidney disease when your GFR is 15 to be some cowboy gunslinger and fly in the face of the FDA and say, "Oh, forget you guys. Uh, we're going to use metformin here." I'm not saying do that, but there's evidence here, at least in some of these pharmacological studies in real patients in, in real studies in patients with real chronic kidney disease, that that you're fine, that you're going to be fine in your average patient. Now, again, the caveat being. People in stage four chronic kidney disease, it does not take much for their creatinine to bump, right? It does not take much dehydration. It does not take many other medications that bump your creatinine. And then you do get into trouble, right? Then you're in stage five and your GFR drops below 15 and you're in danger, right? So that's probably one of the reasons why we should be safe and not do that. But some of these studies here, not only the epidemiological studies and the observational studies saying, you know, metabolic acidosis or this lactic acidosis, actually not that big of a deal, you know, in, in, in real you know, clinical life in, in, in real patients getting metformin. And then you have this pharmacological data that looks at the concentrations. And again, stage 3A, right? So anybody below 60 can, who's above 45, easy to be on uh, one and a half grams per day, right? 1,500 milligrams per day. If you're 45 to 30, it's definitely safe to be on one gram a day. And that's again what UpToDate says as well. And even in this study, they talked about below 30, it's safe to be on 500 milligrams. And why does this matter? Because metformin is an amazing drug, right? It has significant impact on diabetics, has significant impact on reducing morbidity, reducing mortality, making patients with chronic kidney disease live longer, uh, you know, that have uh, heart failure. All these, you know, have, have tons of value in these patients. And yet we oftentimes have to have it stopped in these patients when probably we could continue and be more aggressive with it. So, Again, I just wanted to review the evidence because maybe you guys are like me who, oh, we know these rules are in place. We know these guidelines are in place, but we've never actually looked at the evidence to support, you know, oh, do we really need to freak out when our patient, we bring them in and their GFR, you know, we have them on, you know, a limited dose. Or maybe maybe this is educational for you to, to feel comfortable lowering the dose in chronic kidney disease. But the, the evidence is pretty clear that it's really expert opinion, right? This is not necessarily evidence-based, some of these recommendations because we can see here that it can go even lower than 30, right? And some of these experts say, oh, well, I would never start metformin in somebody who has a GFR of 30 to 45. That's more kind of practice-based and, and, and being cautious-based, right? Because you assume that their, their creatinine is going to fall. And again, these are usually nephrologists or endocrinologists that, that see the worst of the worst. But metformin is a great drug. And as long as you're going to have the patient come in and, you know, you're going to be responsible and you're going to check labs, you know, uh, they, there is no evidence to say what interval, but probably one to three months, right? And, and, and recheck and make sure that their creatinine is not falling and they're doing well on it. This is pretty reasonable to keep going, even in patients with stage 3A, 3B, and again, question mark, stage 4. I'm not advocating for any of my podcast listeners to fly, you know, in the face of the FDA recommendations, so I'm not going to do that either. But there's evidence to say it's probably actually going to be safe. Um, so maybe the guidelines will change in the future as we um, try and do better, better diabetic care with more and more evidence. So um, again, here's the evidence. Take it for what, to, for what it's worth. Hopefully uh, that reduced dosing schedule is something that you can use in your own practice as metformin is not only cheap, but it's super effective. And hopefully this improves diabetic care. Um, again, as we talked about last uh, on, on a previous episode not too long ago, we talked about you as primary care provider can treat diabetic kidney disease and do a good job of preventing progression. And one of those tools is reducing the A1C and metformin's a great drug to use to reduce that, you know, the A1C, again, to improve outcomes and to prevent the progression of chronic kidney disease. So um, hopefully, again, this was a good topic for you. 
um, I, it was a good refresher for myself to review the evidence to see what's really truly expert opinion and what's actually in the evidence to support it. Um, hopefully it was helpful for you. Uh, let me know at primarycarepod at gmail.com if you enjoyed it. If you want to hear any more, anything more on this topic or other topics, again, hit me up. Otherwise, this has been Dr. Mark List for the Primary Care Pod signing off saying, again, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks for listening and have a great week.